My kids said, Baba, why, why the police want to hit me? What did I do? Regardless of his status, where he came from, whether he asked for asylum or didn't ask for asylum, you can't do this to another fellow human being. What is a very huge problem in Serbia is that the vast majority of people who reside here are considering Serbia as a transit country. So the first problem is that they are not willing to enter into any kind of procedure which regulates their status. I'm not enemies. What are you doing? So basically all of the people who are staying in Serbia do not have a status which is recognized in Serbia national law, which puts them in a very vulnerable situation because they are more prone to be subjected to arbitrary practices. Hello and welcome to the Info Migrants podcast, Tales from the Border. I'm Emma Wallace. In this episode, we're back in Serbia with Andras Ledera from the Hungarian Helsinki Committee, our reporter Idro, and the lawyer Nikola Kovacevic, who has fought the cases of many migrants. The three of them have been listening to the stories of those migrants who have been trying for months or even years to cross into the European Union from Serbia, or going on the game, as it is called. Many of the migrants repeatedly risk not only being caught, but sometimes beaten or seriously injured by border guards when they're pushed back in their attempts to travel northwest towards the EU. For Andras from Hungary, the trip is a chance to hear the stories of people on the move and work out how his organization can help the migrants he meets. But apart from the legal battles, his work has a very human dimension too. I think if 10 million Hungarians would not be given xenophobic hate messages by the government and by the public media. But if they would be able to come here and talk or just listen to these people for two minutes, probably they would think differently. I also believe that if those people who hurt the people we just talked to here, if they would know the personal story behind why this or that individual is actually here, why they can't go home, they wouldn't beat that. Andras and Idro start this episode in the Serbian capital Belgrade, in a park that has become known as Afghan Park because of the numbers of mostly, but not exclusively, Afghan migrants who gather there. This is Afghan Park, as people call it. It's where people usually gather, not only to go to Hungary, but uh, when they are pushed back, sometimes they arrive here with the bus. Hi. You speak English? They speak English. Little. Hello. What is your name? Amir. Amir. Yes. And you are from Iraq? Yes. So I'm from Iraq. They are from Syria. 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 Yes. Uh, when you came here in Serbia? This is uh, eight months here. Crossing borders to Romania, Croatia, Hungary. Always they catch us and return us to Serbia. Why are you in the park? You don't have where to go or how it works? No, no, we have. We're waiting uh, car, tickets and going to uh, another place because we don't have a place to go for that. We don't have some place to sleep because uh, when we go into camps, there is camps only for singles, not for families. If we're going for another camp, we have to go to Macedonia, like 
is uh, far from our our going to uh, another uh, country. Yes, for that. So eight months in Serbia, yeah. you have been sleeping outside. <coughs> and how many people you are in your family? And four. With your, your traveling? Four, four. Me and my wife and two kids. I uh, running out from my country because there is a militia. After me, they want to kill me and my family. For that, I come here to Serbia, seeking for freedom, seeking for a place. I'm gonna need to be safe for that. And uh, you didn't ask to stay here because uh, Serbia here it's not, not like uh, a reunion European. For that, I want future to my kids. Like a citizenship, and like a good studies, a good health, medical, for that. Where do you want to go? Any place. <laughs> in Europe? Yeah, in Europe, any place. Austria, or Germany, or Holland, anyone. My family was for Germany. It's my father. Sitting near Amir is a man from Afghanistan. He, like many others passing through Belgrade, has been prevented from crossing borders into the EU and pushed back. Andras's organization documents these pushbacks in quarterly reports. The latest, published in July 2021, found that at least 5,565 people had reported pushback incidents since January 2021 on the Western Balkan route. Since 2016, when Hungary changed its laws to allow for the pushbacks, more than 71,000 people have been stopped from crossing its territory. From Afghanistan. From Afghanistan. Yes. From Afghanistan? Yes, yes. all Afghanistan. I'm one here coming here, uh, but uh, go to Romania. You go to Romania. Yeah. But Romania send you back. Yes. Go to Romania. Romania go to Slovakia for four months present. Deport Romania. Romania one month, 20 days present. Deport Serbia. Serbia go to camp. No, give me caught here leave the sport. You ask for asylum in Slovakia or no? No, I and think... put you in jail? Yes, yeah? uh, present, but uh, I'm talking to you free, but this not free. Why will you finger is Romania? Ah. Yeah, we go to Romania, deport, deport, deport. So they take fingerprint in Romania first. Yes. And you ask for asylum in Romania? Yes. My name is Mohus Khan. I'm 1918. Maybe. <laughs> My opinion, 1918. I live in Afghanistan 16, 15 years. Uh -huh. Three come, years ago. I, I come, so maybe two years. Two years. Uh -huh. Everybody is from Afghanistan, and somebody from Bangladesh, and somebody from Pakistan. Yeah. And I'm coming so, because Afghanistan, Taliban, Daesh, every city, Nengrahar, Ghazni, Nemroz, every city. But I'm compelled to go Europe. First time you enter to Iran, the border of Iran is so closed. Police punishing every day. After Iran, I will coming to Turkey for very difficult pathway. And snow falling, so difficult for me. And uh, everybody gives money to agent, 4,000 euro, 5,000 euro. I'm so poor, man. Now Romania border closed, Hungary closed, Bosnia closed. Serbia police capture in Abhuan Park and go to police station for six hours. I'm not enemies. How long you are here in Serbia? Only one month in Serbia. Only and Serbia month? police, uh -huh. uh, bad situations. And every border is closed. And no pathway. 
I'm human beings, not animals. I'm going to Germany, some people's going to France, some people's going to Italy, Belgium. Nowadays, Serbia situation is so bad. And you try to ask asylum here in Serbia? No asylum, because nowadays, Serbia situation is also bad. Yeah, I know it's bad, but you try and police says no, or you don't try? Don't try, because don't of, try. Uh, uh -huh. because of families here. Some people's brother are Germany, France, of Italia. Yeah. You have family? Yeah. No oh. family, no brothers. My brothers killed in war, Afghanistan. Uh -huh. I'm compelled to go to Europe. Uh, we want peace. You are alone? Uh, I'm alone. And I want to go to Germany, France, Italia, but all border are closed. Three times I go to Romania, Romania police again and again default. Mobile phone capture, money, everything's big. When we go to Romania and the border side, Serbia police capture. When you go Hungary, police catch you. Yeah. You ask for help or... Ah. And I'm asking for help and police, what they say? Uh, police directly uh, deport. Mobile phones capture, money, everything's uh, deport. Three times Romania police captured and I'm asking for help. Romania police again and again deport. Where you sleep? You sleep here uh, in the park? Uh, you, you sleep park. No place for me. I'm compelled to sleep here. In Serbia you have very different kinds of people who are stuck here and probably their situation is one of the most hopeless. One of the guys, for example, said he was in a camp, in an official camp. He already was registered. He was waiting for the procedure to start. But uh, when he left the camp just to do the shopping, his ID card was um, taken away and never given back by the guard. So there is no way for him to return to the camp. You have so many people in similar situations. They are here physically, but from a legal point of view, there is nothing happening with them. And then what options they have? They try to go on a game, they try Romania, as they said, they tried Croatia, they try Hungary. But uh, even if they ask for asylum, there is no procedure. They might be detained briefly, for example, in Romania or Slovakia but at the end they are all sent back here. And when I mean here, this is a park in the city next to the bus station. People say they sleep here during the night, roughly. That is clearly shows that the situation is again becoming untenable. These are the scenes that were visible in 2015 and 16. No accommodation, no assistance, and again, no legal procedure. Uh, that is definitely very bad for these people, but it's also very bad for Serbia and for all the other countries where these people try to go through or to show up. This is not the way to deal with migration, clearly. According to the Hungarian Helsinki Committee, at least 9% of the pushbacks reported by migrants were when kids were present. Amir and his family experienced that themselves, they tell Andras. With the kids, you cannot go to a camp? No, we're going to camp yeah. because uh, the camp, they have rules. Yes. If we're getting out for game, uh, in three days we stay out yes. of the camp, they have to go put us in isolation. Yes. 
So if we enter the isolation for seven days, if we want to go to gain like after two days, the camp say if we go out, you will never enter to the camp for that. So we staying by from garden to garden. What do you do? And you try to go on game with children. Yes, uh, maybe it's for 12, 12 games I go. 12 they, games. 12 games with the children. With my children, yes. We're going by open area, like yeah, four, 40, 40 kilometers. Times go, yeah. Then more. Sometimes we don't have food or water. Yes, for that, the police will. We uh, let, let the police catch us. And then you try on the game to Romania only? Romania, yes. But only to Romania? No, no, we're going to Croatia, Croatia and uh, Hungary and uh, Romania now. But how can you cross with the children over the fence in Hungary? Or not on the fence? You try. Maybe there's people with me, they're going, I give them my kids and then... In Hungary? Yes. You are with your children? Yeah. The Tisa Tisa River. Yes. I buy a boat and put my family and go. After seven days, I stay there and uh, crossing the uh, Serbian border. Yes. After that, I crossing with my boat with my family yes. and enter to Hungary. Yes. After that, I go for seven kilometers. Then the police catch us. After with your children. I, yes, with, with my kids. They put me in a car. Someone he wants to hit my kids. Yes, like that. Police officer. Yes, he said like that because my wife, when she was entered to the car, she slipped her her legs and said, mm. "My kids said, Baba, why, why the police want to hit me? What did I do?" Uh, in one game, these kids, the, the the police hit him. In Hungary. In uh, Romanian. Romania. Yes. Mm -hmm. Because I, the one I'm asking Hungary. Okay. Because I am from Hungary. Okay. And what they do to you is even if they don't hit your wife, it's unlawful. They shouldn't do it. And you have kids also. They see you have one kids. One day, one day in Romania. Yusuf, come, come, Yusuf. It's okay. See his eyes, the left eyes. Yeah. Uh, someday we stay on the border before we crossing to Romania. The police saw us yes. and running after us. Hello. I was running with Salam. my kids, with my kids and my wife. The police catch me and hit me. After that, they hit my wife and uh, the the uh -huh. stick. Yes. They hit his yes. eye. See. Oh. They hit you in front of your children. Yes. Yes. And in Hungary, when they catch you, you they put me in the car and throw me to Subotica yes. fans, yes. crossing border for Serbia. But did you tell police that you want asylum? Yes, and, I tell them. And what they they say, refuse and laughing at me. Laughing at you? Yes. <laughs> Go! And it was only your family yeah, or you no, were no, with there was a group? Yes, I think 10. ten uh, Ten people. Ten, pe in, ten people. Uh -huh. Yes. They put us in the car and leave us for two hours. There was a raining. Yes. A big raining. They, yes. Yeah, 
see we catch them yes like when that was this? you remember five months ago oh in winter yes in winter in january yes mm -hmm. my kids why shaking yes. because of the cold how come you speak so good english because i'm a pharmacist you're a pharmacist yes i'm a pharmacist and you had any specific problems in Iraq? Yes, yes, yes. There was a militia yes. returned after me because I was helping people there. Mm -hmm. There was a, a few uh, teenagers, they want to freedom, want to work. Mm -hmm. For that, they they killing them. For that, I was helping yes. those people. I give them medicine for free and uh, helping for their injury to be, to be a good well. For that, uh, this militia, they know me. They they burn my house. They burn my pharmacy. And they want to kill me and kill my wife, my kids. Baghdad. Andras and Idro have come to the Serbian capital, Belgrade, to follow up on some of the stories of the migrants they have met on this trip. This is where the Serbian human rights lawyers get involved. They are here to visit a human rights organization called IDAS, which is where the lawyer Nikola Kovacevic works. The Hungarian Helsinki Committee often collaborates with IDAS on cross-border cases. One of the things lawyers can do is bring a complaint against the Hungarian authorities and the European Court of Human Rights. For example, if someone has been subjected to torture or inhuman or degrading treatment, which is a breach of Article 3 of the law. Um. So, so you explain to me the case. So, yeah, but you, you have this. So we are here in Belgrade, in the office of IDAS, where Nikola Kovacevic, who is a Serbian lawyer, is working today. We've been working very closely together. We've been partners for a long time. The Hungarian Helsinki Committee and Nikola and his colleagues working on cases of pushbacks, but also on cases of asylum seekers who tried to get to Hungary in a lawful manner, but the Hungarian authorities did not allow them to seek asylum. One of the reasons I, I want to meet him is because we talk a lot about the common cases, and I just want to explain him what we've seen in Subotica and in Zambor. So yesterday, we were in Subotica, and we met with a guy who now stays in the camp, but previously he was uh, staying in an abandoned house next to Subotica. He was hit by a car in Hungary about a month ago, and he was left there by the driver. And the next thing he remembers is that he wakes up in a hospital in Hungary. He was in the hospital for a week, and then he was, as everyone else, pushed back to Serbia. What's very interesting in his case is that he still today, a month after the incident happened, he can't walk properly. He's got really horrible open wounds and injuries all over his body for which he's not receiving treatment. He should have received treatment in Hungary, he didn't. But also in Serbia, it seems that um, it's great that the camp allowed him to stay there, but there is no doctor in the camp. So he tried to go to the hospital. He was not sent an ambulance and he can't walk into the hospital. The bottom line is that the guy is there. He needs um, at least some medical attention. He's not getting it.
I mean, it's quite clear this is an Article 3 case that the police must have seen his condition. And, I mean, he told us that he had to crawl like a baby because he couldn't walk. So how can you just leave a person like that in the middle of the forest? But what was also very strange is that he said that there was a Serbian police officer with a car on the other side of the border when he was pushed back. And that officer was actually the one who called the ambulance for him. And I don't know if you, you have seen these uh, uh, cases before where the Serbian police is present during the pushback. Do you know of any such cases? Yeah, that's... Uh, like when you talk about the practice of pushbacks from Hungary especially, it is quite obvious that Serbian state authorities are aware of everything that is happening. And it is also very unusual that I never heard in my life that any higher state official of Serbia has publicly condemned the fact that Hungarian authorities are sending people back on Serbian soil without any formal cooperation with Serbian state authorities. So I really think that this uh, state of affairs indicates that the practice and policy, these practices of pushbacks, which are not only typical for Hungary, but also for Croatia and Romania, but also pushbacks are happening towards Bulgaria and Macedonia, I think it clearly shows that there is, in my opinion, this kind of silent agreement between all the states in this region to tolerate illegal border practices or the practices which are completely contrary to national laws, international law, and which are severely undermining the human rights of people in need of international protections. What is a very huge problem in Serbia is that the vast majority of people who reside here are considering Serbia as a transit country. So the first problem is that they are not willing to enter into any kind of procedure which regulates their status. There are many people, or the vast majority of people that I represent here in Serbia, and who decided to apply for asylum, they have decided to do that not upon their arrival, but like several months or several years after they decided, I cannot do this anymore. I cannot play games, I cannot deal with smugglers, I cannot stand to be beaten up by Croatian, Romanian or Hungarian police. So the situation where the person was not allowed to enter the camp or was kicked out of the camp or have some kind of problems within the camp or any other state facility cannot properly be addressed because these people do not enjoy any legal status. Even when they obtain registration certificates, our law, Asylum Act, says that only those people who applied for asylum, who lodged their asylum application, have the status of an asylum seeker, have the right to get food, to get shelter, to get medical attention. But those people with registration certificates, they don't exist. You know what's very interesting is that today in Belgrade, we met another family who went on a game to Hungary and they were called by the police and returned to Belgrade. It's a husband and wife and two small children. And I asked the guy, why are you sleeping rough in the park, especially when you have children? Why don't you go to Kornjača or another camp? And he told me that he was in a camp before, but because you need to go into quarantine and in the quarantine times, the services are different. You have difficulties getting whatever food you need, special food you need for the kids and so on, because you can't leave. It was no longer an option for them. 
another person who was pushed back I don't know how many times, he said that he was registered in another camp, in Obrenovat, and he was allowed to leave the camp, so it was after the state of emergency. But at the door, the guard asked him to show the, the ID card. He took the ID card, the guard, and never gave it back to him. And he tried to go back to the camp several times. They told him, fuck off, off you go. How often does it happen that people are pushed back from Hungary? Maybe they were here in Serbia before. Maybe they have never been to Serbia before. And then they have difficulties getting into the Serbian system. Yeah, this also reflects one problem that can be described as, as systemic because uh, yes, Serbia has the capacities officially to admit around 6,000 people in the camps. But these capacities are measured through the beds, available beds, not through other standards, which are human rights standards regarding accommodation. So the case that you described, or the both of the cases that you described, clearly indicate what are the things that Hungarian authorities have to consider before they make a decision to return someone back, because... The non-refoulement principle implies that before you forcibly remove someone to a territory of the receiving state, you have to assess the individual circumstances of the particular case. You need to see if this person is going to be accommodated anywhere, or if it's going to be accommodated somewhere in what kind of conditions. At the beginning of 2021, Nicola helped a group of Afghan refugees win a big case in Serbia's constitutional court. The court confirmed that in 2017, Serbia had in fact deported 25 Afghans, including seven small children, to neighbouring Bulgaria after they crossed into Serbia with people smugglers. Their deportation, it was ruled, contravened international law. When they were caught by the Serbian police just after they crossed the border, they were taken to police cells overnight. The following morning, the Afghans were acquitted by a local judge who argued that they should be treated as asylum seekers or victims of people smugglers. They told the authorities that they could not return to Afghanistan because of war and the danger of the Taliban. Although they were issued with asylum-seeking papers, a witness in the court case said that these had been taken away by the Serbian authorities after the hearing, and then they were immediately pushed back over the border to Bulgaria. The Serbian government was ordered to pay 1,000 euros to each member of the group in compensation. Most of them are now living in Germany, says Kovacevic, who is in touch with many of them. Andras knows, and I also know how hard it is to let's say, cross all of these obstacles that you have to establish the contact, to establish the relationship of trust, to obtain the documentation, to maintain contact with these people. But yeah, that's also something that makes these kind of cases exciting because a small group of people challenging the entire state system. So, yeah. Yeah, it's true. That's, <laughs> that's actually true. You missed coming to Serbia. You have to oh, I missed it. <laughs> no, I really missed it. I really missed it. These pushbacks are putting a lot of extra burden on Serbia as well. And why is this accepted? I mean, why is this normal? Why? Why? As I, as I said, it is very hard to explain why would one state allow to another to, to be very honest, violate its sovereignty, its uh, laws at the border to uh, undermine the fact that if you want to do something on the joint border, you have to cooperate. 
But since September 2015, it became very clear that Serbia will not officially receive anyone from Hungary under the readmission agreement, that Macedonia will not receive anyone from Serbia, for instance, like in this regular admission procedure, and that not a single state in this region will is ready to apply international and national laws and that, I don't know, I, I never heard a Macedonian politician complaining about the pushbacks happening from Serbia to Macedonia or a Bulgarian, European Union country official complaining about the violence and pushbacks committed by the hands of Serbian border police. And in the same way, I never heard that not a single Serbian politician or a state official officially, publicly stated that what Hungary is doing, what Romania is doing recently, uh, what Croatia is doing, is a violation of our sovereignty. So I cannot escape the impression that this kind of game that they established, and this is how the refugees call it, they call it a game, is something that is designed behind the closed doors and that, especially after March 2016, I think, when there was this agreement between European Union and Turkey, the game, which is very illegal and very dangerous, has started being played on all the borders, from Turkey to the external borders of the European Union, which in this region are Romania, Hungary and Croatia. It is this game that Nicola and Andras want to put a stop to. Over the years, they have worked to gather evidence to convince the European authorities and individual states to take notice of them. In December, after putting together a map showing every pushback that the Hungarian police published on their website and where these took place, the Hungarian Helsinki Committee made enough noise that the European border agency Frontex decided to withdraw its presence in Hungary altogether. I was very happy when I heard that for the first time some kind of official entity, such as Frontex, decided to withdraw. Uh, their presence at the Hungarian border because I think this was the first time that somebody, except for these bodies which uh, uh, assess individual cases, decided to say, okay, we cannot be a part of this. We think that our integrity or whatever will be undermined if we remain here. The litigation work that both Nikola Kovacevic and the Hungarian Helsinki Committee are doing continues. Andras and his colleagues visit Serbia on a regular basis gathering testimonies and taking power of attorney in order to try and hold the authorities to account. In the next episode, we join migrants on the Italian-French border, high up in the Alps. This episode of the InfoMigrants podcast, Tales from the Border, was recorded by Idro Seferi in Serbia. It's presented and produced by me, Emma Wallace, edited by Marian McGregor, and mixed in the DW studio by Gerge Orgi. The music was kindly provided by the group Chinese Man in France. On va vous poser des questions douloureuses. Maîtrisez-vous. Soyez tranquille. On ne peut rien vous faire pour l'instant.